Support for this podcast comes from Davis Malm. If you're a buyer, seller, investor, or lender, Davis Malm attorneys know each deal has unique needs and requirements. Building client relationships one transaction at a time. More at davismalm.com. D-A-V-I-S-M-A-L-M dot com. WBUR Podcasts. Boston. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and you're listening to The Common. WBUR senior climate and environment reporter Miriam Wasser. Welcome back to The Common. Hey, thanks for having me, Daryl. So, Miriam, you have a story about how sewage, poop water, can make its way into our waterways. And I understand that has something to do with something called a combined sewer system, which can lead to an event called a combined sewer overflow, a.k.a. a CSO. Tell us more about these. Yes, CSOs, one of my favorite topics to talk about. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Um, So the way to explain it, I think, is to start with what a CSO is is not. So in the vast majority of Massachusetts of the country, you have wastewater from your house, so what you flush down the toilet, what you pour down the sink, and you know, wastewater from businesses, industries, all of that. It goes through one set of pipes and it goes to a treatment facility. Yep. And then you have a separate system of pipes for stormwater. So that's rainwater that runs off of buildings, off of parking lots, and it goes through a separate set of pipes. And it usually actually just discharges into a nearby waterway. Mm-hmm. In a combined system, those two sets of pipes are, as it sounds, combined. Mm-hmm. So wastewater and stormwater flow through the same pipe, and they go to the wastewater treatment facility. Most of the time, the system is totally fine. Okay. But if it rains really, really hard and you've got like a ton of stormwater collecting, the pipes get overwhelmed. They're just not designed to handle that much rain. And so rather than letting sewage back up into people's homes, the system is designed to overflow through specific outfalls into rivers and streams. And so that's how you get sewage in waterways. So that is what a CSO is. Okay. How common is this event? So CSOs have been around for a very, very long time, right? They've been, we built these systems in the like 1800s. So Mm -hmm. this has been happening. But the overflow events are happening more frequently because of climate change. Yep. So we know that one of the things that climate change is going to do for the Northeast, it's going to bring a lot more heavy, fast, sudden rain events. And those are like a recipe for CSOs. Yeah. If it rains two inches over 48 hours, the system can probably handle it. If it rains two inches in two hours, you're probably going to have a CSO. So the type of precipitation changes that we're seeing with climate change are going to fuel overflow events. Statewide, there were close to 2,000 overflow events between April and September of this year. Wow. And because we had that very... We had a very wet summer. We had summer. a really wet summer. Uh-huh. Yep. And we should note that though this summer feels really wet right now, like this is probably what we're going to experience a lot more often in the future. Okay. Now tell me about the public health risks of something like this, of a CSO. I would say it's, it's pretty straightforward, right? Like you don't want to go near human 
sewage. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not good. It has a lot of gross bacteria. It has a lot you flush of, it down the toilet. Yeah, a lot of viruses, pathogens, things that can make you sick. So what does this do to the water itself? I'm thinking about uh, uh, fish and algae and other wildlife in the water. Yeah, I mean, CSOs are not, are not good for the ecosystem health of a river or a water body. Um, much like when you dump any sort of storm water into it, it's full of nutrients, essentially, and, and uh, bacteria and things that some invasive species feed on, that some toxic algae feed on. And so it can really go a long way to degrade the water quality of a system. So we know that You know, people test rivers regularly, and we know that the water quality is considerably lower after a heavy rainstorm, especially if there's been a CSO. So not good for the the health of the river. Mm. Now, having asked you that, Mm -hmm. is there an environmental justice component here that we should be aware of? I think so. Because of where these CSOs exist, right, they tend to be in urban centers and they tend to be concentrated in areas where where there are more state-designated environmental justice neighborhoods. So mm-hmm. lower-income folks, people of color, a lot of them are in areas where people don't speak English fluently. Mm. So I would say solving this to a lot of people is an environmental justice concern because – in a lot of these urban areas, you already have limited access to waterfront areas, to green spaces. And now you come to find out that often after it rains, you need to stay away from those places because mm-hmm. they're pretty gross. We're going to take a break, but we'll be right back. The world's clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future. Five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts. Did you kill Marlene Johnson? I think you're one of the first people to have actually asked. From WBUR and ZSP Media, this is Beyond All Repair, a new podcast about an unsolved murder that will leave you questioning everything. Somebody should be in jail for murdering my sister. A woman who's never been believed. As long as they think I have done this, then they're not looking for who actually did this. And that's what makes it a cold case. No, it's a botched case. And a search for the truth, once and for all. Wow, it just gets more interesting. Beyond All Repair. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Be careful. You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig. And we're back with more from Miriam Wasser. Now, what can we do about the CSO? Can we fix this? Can we, let's just upgrade the pipes or something, right? Can, can we do that? Yes, I am so glad you asked this question because this is at the heart of my story, right? Yeah. In theory, the simple solution is to 
separate the pipes so that you have storm water going one place and you have wastewater going the other. Um, that is called sewer separation. And that is one of those things that sounds really simple on its face and turns out to be like infinitely more complicated. So if you're to if you want to do that, you need to dig up all the streets, you're gonna have to divert traffic. So these projects end up being so expensive and really time consuming. And the more I heard from people about this, the more I was like, oh, this is nowhere near as simple as it sounds. One person that I talked about this a lot with was Phil Guerin. And he led Worcester's sewer department for about 40 years before he just retired this past year. He just gave me an example of a project that they did recently. In Worcester, uh, probably five years ago, we did a, a separation project. It's on a tiny little street, just a little neighborhood street. And it was three and a half million dollars. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, only about 10 percent of Worcester's pipes remain combined at this point, And he estimated that separating all of them could easily cost a half billion dollars. So sewer separation, I would say, is the ultimate solution, right? That's like, that's how you get rid of a CSO. And there are sewer separation projects that are happening right now and that are ongoing. Um, There's about to be a really big one in East Boston. And I think that's expected to take about seven years or so, probably going to cost a tremendous amount of money. Like, this is not simple infrastructure work. Have we made any progress in dealing with this combined sewer overflow issue? You look back to like the 1980s, we have made so much progress. That was when um, there was the big Boston Harbor lawsuit that mandated the cleanup of of Boston Harbor. And what made Boston Harbor really gross was CSOs. And so a, a ton of work has been done. A lot of sewers have been separated. A lot of outfalls have been closed. Um, the problem is that, you know, you do all the low-hanging fruit first. You do all the the easy-to-do stuff. And, and what you're left with is the really expensive projects. So I talked to Betsy Riley about this. She's the Environmental Quality Director at the Massachusetts Water Resources Authority. Mm-hmm. That's the MWRA. So they, they take care of the sewer system for much of the greater Boston area. Yep. And here's what she had to say. The most cost-effective solutions have already been implemented. So now we're, you know, kind of like at that end part, and what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. You put off the hard stuff for last, basically, <laughs> and now it's, it's come to bite you. <laughs> um, so what are some alternatives to those options you just laid out? So there are two other—I'm going to put solutions in quotation marks here—that a lot of cities and towns have embarked on. Okay. So the first would be to build a massive underground storage tunnel. Because if you think about what the CSO problem is, it's a stormwater problem, right? It's that you're getting inundated with too much stormwater. Yeah. So if during a big storm there's a place for that sewage and stormwater to collect— And then you can pump it back into the system after the rain has stopped and the pipes are less full. Mm -hmm. You can get around the overflows. Okay. So there are a bunch of those throughout the state. Um, One of the biggest and kind of most famous ones is in South Boston. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you know anything about the beaches of South Boston, but they used to be like really, really dirty. But a while ago, the Massachusetts Water Resources Authority, better known as the MWRA, Yep. They built one of those massive stormwater collection tunnels under South Boston. It's two miles long. It can hold up to 19 million gallons of wastewater and stormwater. 
And what it has done is it has effectively allowed them to close six CSO outfalls on the beaches of South Boston. That has led the beaches to be considerably cleaner, to the water quality there being a lot better. Another solution that people have done is they've partially treated the wastewater. So instead of, you know, it just overflowing raw sewage and gross stormwater into the river body, you can divert it through a treatment facility. Um, The biggest one in the state is in Cambridge. It's called Prison Point. It's right on the Charles River. And I think there are about five CSOs that would otherwise discharge into the Charles that flow through this facility when it rains hard. And what it does is it strains out the trash, and then they shock it with chlorine, and then they dechlorinate it, and then they pump it out. Mm-hmm. So it's not as clean as if it went through the full treatment process, but it's a lot less gross than it would be otherwise. So one other thing that I do want to mention um, is something called green infrastructure. Okay. Green infrastructure is a category of infrastructure, right, that helps you manage stormwater. So it's things like having more green spaces or building rain gardens, or it can be anything from, like, planting trees, which can absorb a ton of stormwater. And the idea of green infrastructure is that if you can slow down and kind of suck up a lot of the stormwater that comes during a rainstorm, you can mitigate CSOs. However... From what I understand and and the people that I've talked to, it usually only can absorb, like, the first inch of rain. Yeah. So it can do a lot, but it's not going to solve the problem entirely on its own. You will need some uh, what they call gray infrastructure, so, like, new pipes, the storage tunnels, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. We have CSOs now, mm-hmm. right? And it's not an easy fix. Yeah. What can we do to protect ourselves from maybe you know, running into sewage or something. (laughs) Yeah, well, I would say, like, general rule of thumb, probably stay away from any, like, river or harbor or big stream after a heavy rainstorm. Yeah. Regardless of whether or not there are CSOs there, right? We talked about stormwater being pretty gross. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a notification system that you can sign up for. Let's say you live in Worcester, you can go to the city of Worcester and you can sign up for their CSO notification system. And that's going to send you an email every time there's a CSO overflow. There are a lot of critics of this system. It is relatively new. This is only the second year that it's been in effect. There are a lot of kinks to work out, but there is a way to know if there has been a CSO event. And definitely if there's been a CSO event, I would say definitely don't go swimming. Consider if you really want to go kayaking. Maybe that's not a good idea. Consider if you want to let your dog get in the water. I, th- I think letting people know that this is a problem is is probably that first big barrier. Okay. Well, Miriam, thank you for this heads up. <laughs> <laughs> anytime. Anytime. Always happy to talk about the sewer system and always happy to talk about poop in the water. Yes. Doo-doo. <laughs> That's WBUR Senior Climate and Environment Reporter Miriam Wasser. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening to The Common. 
If you want to learn more about CSOs, head on over to WBUR.org and check out Miriam's story. There's an interactive map that actually shows all of the sewage overflow events that happened in Massachusetts uh, between April and September 2023. It's, I'm looking at it right now. It's pretty interesting. So head on over there and check that out. Also, if you want to get in touch with us, hit us up on Instagram at WBURTheCommon or send us an email at thecommon at WBUR.org. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and I will talk to you tomorrow.